welcome to a special edition of What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast channel that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, you'll hear from our podcast parlor guests at our 2017 North American Summit in Seattle, Washington. Hi, uh, this is Chris Kelly, president and co-founder of Convene. I'm here with Eric Engelhart, uh, Senior Managing Director at the Durst Organization. He's in charge of all the leasing for a little building in New York called One World Trade Center. And so uh, we're here at the Cornet Global Annual Conference in Seattle. And we're just going to pick Eric's brain a little bit on some of the innovative things that he's doing at One World Trade Center with the Durst Organization and, and the Port Authority um, which is really challenging the traditional roles uh, of landlord and tenant and starting to blur the space between the two uh, in ways that we think you'll find interesting in the next 14 minutes. So, Eric. Chris. Thanks for being on the, uh, on the Cornet Global podcast, which we are self-administering here. Um, so, it would be great if you could just tell us a, a, just a little bit about the... Uh, the evolution of of the trade center that I, I I know that when you guys when you guys started building the World Trade Center you were anticipating these large financial tenants and uh, by the time the building was constructed it ended up really becoming home for some of the coolest kind of creative tech and, and media companies which is a, a huge pivot uh, we'd love to hear just the the evolution of of your target customer uh, from the, the time that the building was constructed to, uh, to now. Sure. So, um, thank you, Chris. We, um, well, the building was designed, bought, and started construction almost 10 years ago now. And um, it was originally conceived in, in, a, in a time in lower Manhattan where the banks and the large service companies that uh, orbit around the big banks um, dominated the landscape, the real estate landscape. Um, so it's got you know uh, large center core floor plate, um, glass and steel, lots of views and daylight, um, wonderful things for from a new skyscraper. So our users, uh, big banks and um, big accounting firms, law firms, uh, what have you. Um, so most of the discussions were with C-suite and or heads of real estate uh, of these big firms. Um, what we found, um, and what happened coincidentally as Lower Manhattan started to rebound, um, was that we, uh, uh, many tech companies um, decided to um, uh, grow up, I'll say, uh, younger, youthful tech companies wanted to um, find a piece of real estate that would help them um, to uh, help them to um, uh, rec uh, recruit and uh, retain talent, so they um, so we started to see some tech company interest. So in about in uh, about 2014, we kind of pivoted our 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 whole pitch into flexibility um, and providing growing tenants the ability who, who only had vision for 12 to 24 months to um, be you know, flexible in their real estate commitments at, at One World Trade, providing growth, providing, God forbid, they have to shrink, 
um, renew, expand, all those kind of things. So it's it's the goal of a lot of landlords to provide flexibility, agility, and services to their tenants. Those are like all the cool catchphrases that everybody throws out there. But uh, that's usually just empty words. So what, what exactly did you guys build at One World Trade that uh, that helped to really transform the relationship between landlord and, and tenant into something that was you know, different than anything that preceded it? So um, we built One World Commons, um, a uh, roughly 25,000 square foot common facility, amenities, uh, on the 64th floor. Um, it's a, for the exclusive use of just the tenants in One World Trade and their guests. Um, you look on the floor plan, it says cafe, game room, meeting space, but it's more than that. It's a space where um, staff members, tenants, CEOs can uh, get away from their office and interact with peers uh, in their industry, um, possibly uh, strike up some new business relationships. And one of the things that, uh, so you know, full disclosure, uh, Convene and the Durst organization, we, we partnered on, on making One World Commons uh, happen. So we're, we're the hospitality operator. Uh, is, the, is the community management. Uh, just because it's, again, unprecedented for a landlord to take an active role in developing community and really being, being almost an extension of culture and human resources for uh, for the tenant base. Can you just tell us a little bit about the community program that, that exists at One World Trade Center? So, um, yes, with, with Convene's partnership, we have uh, a person on staff who curates, um, and not curating from the landlord perspective, but effectively polls, interviews the staff and uh, folks who work at One World Trade. What do they want to see? What do they want to do? Um, and you'd be surprised um, that if you let the community speak, some of the things that are very successful, like tango class, never thought, but. Yeah, what, what I think's incredibly interesting about what was built out at One World Trade Center is a lot of people say that they have a community, but in reality it's programming. And I make the clear distinction of programming is when the landlord is just putting stuff on, uh, but community is, is when you're, you're sourcing ideas from inside of your tenant population and then using your common area space uh, as, a, as a means of really just letting them put on their own stuff. So it's, you know, it's what Wikipedia is to content, the World Trade Center is to, uh, is, is to community. And my, the, the tango class, which you referenced, is probably my favorite example of things that you know, never in a million years, if the two of us got together and tried to come up with our own ideas, would we have proposed a tango class. It's certainly not. But the, it's a remarkable thing when you give the power to the tenants to use the space however they see fit and you just help them to facilitate it, uh, you, you, you naturally curate things that are, uh, that are of interest to them that you couldn't have anticipated and to kind of you know, get out of the way and let, let them use the space how, how they see fit. Um, so one of the questions that came up in, in our presentation in the Q&A that everybody wants to know, like, so you build out a huge amenity for your building, you do community programming. Uh, obviously, you, you guys have, have done this at a, at a very you know, generous expense uh, to try to improve the, the tenant experience. What's been the tenant response? Extraordinarily positive. Um, I can directly tie significant leases uh, as of late to that space. If I didn't have it, they wouldn't have been interested. Um, and prospecting these days is significantly easier. 
Um, and I would argue that we are setting a precedent, um, at least in New York, that other landlords are now feeling like they got to follow. Uh, it's an offering that uh, a lot of tenants are now demanding they have to have. It, in my head, I've painted a picture of somebody going, uh, you know, a head of real estate in a C-suite going and touring a whole bunch of buildings. And they go to building A, B, and C, and they just see these you know, raw slab to slab, you know, concrete spaces. And then they show up at, at One World Commons and they just see like that vibrant, uh, that vibrant community ecosystem. You have the baristas firing stuff up, people playing pool, ping pong, whatever, uh, the, the yoga, tango classes. It's just a whole different universe. And do you ever feel bad for the other leasing brokers? <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, but uh, you know, listen. It's, it, it has been exactly that kind of response. Um, it went from uh, you know, we spend if we have an hour long tour, a forty five minute long tour, we'll spend a half hour to forty five minutes just in the commons, talking about what the commons has. And frankly, I always take that opportunity to ask even the prospect who may not end up becoming a tenant, what would they want to see, and then I try to help inform the community at One World Trade. When over time. The, the customer in real estate seems to be moving more and more towards talent and not just the C-suite anymore. We used to live in a world where, so long as you gave an executive a corner office and you, and you took the head of real estate out to a steak dinner with some, some rich wine, you could sling real estate. But now you can't just throw everybody else in cubicles. The, the, tenant, ex, the tenant experience is something that's really uh, voted on by every single user. Um, how has this changed the, the way that you've seen people making real estate decisions. Uh, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, the majority of our tours, our presentations, our meetings with prospective tenants talk and speak to how their staff, their quote unquote talent, will benefit from being located at One World Trade, whether it be the sweeping views of, of New York or the, or the natural daylight or the commons in, in the community that we're building there. Um, it is so. Um, it is so much more than oh, look at this corner office spot that you could uh, perch and watch uh, your staff. So when you guys are providing uh, elements of hospitality, you're providing on-demand real estate solutions with the with the large conference spaces. What what I've observed is is really happening is that the the role of landlord and the role of real estate in business is really moving from tactical to strategic, where the community program and the hospitality is helping to shape culture and brand for your tenants. And then you have uh, the, the on-demand spaces, especially large conference spaces that are helping customers to use real estate more efficiently. Knowing that the Cornet global audience is, is really you know, the, the tenants and the occupiers, how would you explain to them the, the way that the relationship between landlord and tenant is evolving? Um, and you know, that, that, that the line between tenant and landlord is blurring. You know, what do you see happening in, in, in the future? Uh, listen, I, th I think um, tenants um, should see their landlord as a resource um, and should see their, the real estate as a resource, not just a place to go to work every day and not just an entity by which you pay rent on a monthly basis to. Um, you should engage your landlord uh, a landlord worth its salt should uh, engage back and find meaningful ways to have the real estate be uh, a tool for uh, t the company's success. We've talked about the concept of you know, democratizing the Googleplex, which I, I think is really interesting that it's, it's the idea that 
companies like Google and Apple and Facebook, they're, they're using their workplaces, they're using their campus experience to compete for talent. And talent is the coveted resource in, uh, in business today. And the scale and budgets that they have for workplace that really put them at a competitive advantage. What I've seen you doing at One World Trade Center, and I also know because we're part of the drafting the strategy for this for the for the amenity, is this concept of democratizing the Googleplex, of allowing all of your your smaller Tammy users, you know, the, the companies that have grown up from the WeWork but don't really want to have their own space and don't have the scale for huge amenities. Um, can you just explain to us a, a bit about this concept of democratizing the Googleplex and what you guys have done at World Trade? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, listen, uh, companies, small, large, are competing for the same talent, you know, uh, and uh, that same individual that could be an investment banker at Goldman Sachs can also be a computer programmer at a, at a tech firm. Um, so they're all competing for the same folks. And, and when you have the likes of Google, in New York especially, who are uh, such a draw and the things that they're offering, these smaller companies can't offer either through real estate or through other program can't really offer it. So we saw an opportunity to grab uh, some space and use it so that they could supplement, so these smaller tenants can supplement their real estate um, by this and uh, draw tenants. We have one tenant who does all his job interviews down in, um, in the commons. They happen to be in the floor above. Um, so I say down. He, uh, he does all his job interviews in the commons because it's an extension of his space. He thinks it's selling to him. So... You know, just recapping some some of the thoughts from, from the conversation because I know we just have a, about a minute left. We, we really we're seeing the the landlord and tenant role start to change. We're seeing real estate moving uh, from being a, a tactical element of business to to being a strategic part of of uh, business operations, and. We're, we're starting to see that the customer in real estate is changing. It's changing from being the C-suite in the corner offices to being every single user. And when a business's customer changes, I mean, everything changes. And that's business 101. And we live in a customer-centric world. And so, you know, it's a great time to be in business because where there's change, there's opportunity. And the, the amount of change that we see in real estate in, in the near future um, is going to be dramatic. And some people are going to see it as being disruptive. Uh, some people who feel comfortable with the way that things have been operated in the past are going to feel uncomfortable with the pace of change that's in the future. And I, on the topic of change, it's you know, we, people talk all the time about how the world moves so fast. But we rarely stop to reflect on the fact that it'll never move this slowly ever again. And there's a ton of change in our future, uh, which means that there is a ton of opportunity in real estate. And uh, you know, we're honored to be partners with you guys trying to close the gap between the way that people want to work and, and, and the way that spaces are built. Um, so thank you, Eric. Thank you, Chris. All right, and thank you, uh, thank you, Coronet Global, for having us on, on your podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this special edition of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? have an idea or point of view you'd like to share, visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.